quit picking on me. You're going to get old someday. I know you do it because you care, don't you? All right, let us uh, get started. We uh, want to touch on the subject of evangelize our evangelism. So as we evangelize the lost, let us remember to share all that our great God and Savior accomplished to save sinners completely. When I was preparing this, I thought about my buddy Bobby, Bobby Wall. You know, he would uh, he would preach to him from the time they opened the door till they were closing the door in his face. But uh, miss him. We got uh, eight uh, simple points. It's not complicated, but I believe that. Uh, it's, it's harder and harder to witness door to door. They uh, frown on that. And most people are so busy they don't want to uh, stop and, and listen. And we understand that. Don't agree with it, but we understand it. Our first point is righteousness had to be perfected as we evangelize the lost. Let us remember that the righteousness had to be perfected. In Romans chapter 5 and verse uh, 17, we, we look and we see here that God speaks to us here through the book of Romans. And uh, I think somebody glued my pages together. All right, 517, where the Lord said, For if by one man's offense death reigneth by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ. When righteousness had to be perfected, the only way that me or you or one can go to glory is that we've got to be without sin. And as long as we're in this body, we're going to sin. But when we accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior after he made it possible, we see very clearly here in 517, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Everybody became a sinner because of one man's offense, Adam. But he said, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one. One man brought us all down and one man can save us all. It's how we accept that. Still in the book of Romans, uh, we look at Romans chapter 3. Uh, let's turn back a page or two in your Bibles, and you see that Romans chapter 3 and verse 9. God said, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise, for we have before 
prove, both Jew and Gentile, that they are all under sin. Although the Jews, the Jewish nation, is God's selected people, God makes it very clear that Jew and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. So you're not going to be saved because you're Jew, and you're not going to be saved because you're Gentile. Because God said in verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And when we follow this simple outline, if we memorize just the points, because uh, I've been told from time to time, you know, I said, your friend, whatever his or her name may be, I said, you know, they made a profession of faith a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, but they're what, or they're this, or they're that. But God said here in verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There's not been a single individual that was born saved. That little child that came from the mother's womb, they were a sinner. But we're thankful that God, if a baby dies, that baby goes to glory. We know that when we study the book of Psalms. And David said, you know, talking about his child, he said, the child cannot come to me, but I can go with the child. So, you know, that's uh, a great encouragement if we lose someone. We lose our mother or father or our husband or wife or children, you know, if they're saved, they're not going to come back. You know, you may dream in a dream, you know, and I, but you can go where they are if you believe they're saved. And I had people tell me, well, you know, if mom's not in heaven, I wouldn't want to be there. You know, you don't question that person's salvation you question that person's what they have been taught or they're letting emotion go over the, the fact, you know. Uh, if I am a child of God and I am, uh, you know, I want to be in glory whether anybody's my family is in glory. I don't want to follow anybody I love to hell. So you know, we may love that person, respect that person, but if they're not saved and they're not following the Lord, then that is not who I'm going to focus on. I've got the responsibility, you know, to do what a husband or wife or a father or mother does. But then the second thing we see is divine justice had to be satisfied. You know, if you talk to many uh, people, you know, Brother George, you know, called me last week and we were talking and he said, you know, I can't hardly believe I've been in, been pastor for 50 years. And then I said, well, you know, I've been in it for 53 years. I was called to preach in 1970. I was ordained in 1970. I began preaching in the church in 1970 and you you know we 
Good, but that doesn't make me saved and that don't make you saved because there's false prophets out there. But divine justice had to be saved, had to be satisfied. So uh, pour out the full measure of his righteous uh, wrath upon his son, bore the sins of people on the cross. But as he says in Romans chapter 6 and verse uh, 23, which most of us can memorize that, but he, he tells us, for the ways of the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and why I chose that verse, don't, nothing I've done or have done, 53 years of service, being baptized with scriptural baptism, being faithful, none of that saved me because I was born a sinner and this flesh is still a sinner. There's nothing good in this flesh whatsoever. So that's why God said, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. God said, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Notice that. He said, being dead to sin, if I'm saved, sin is still prevalent, but with Christ and the Holy Spirit living in me, I don't have to sin. You know, I've, I've heard some good, what I believe are good Christians say, well, you know, I'm going to sin because my body is my enemy. Well, if Christ can't subdue the body, are you betting on him to subdue your spirit? Now, see, there is a difference. The spirit is sanctified immediately. The body ought to be in a process. And if I is not more spiritual now and understand more now than I did 53 years ago, I've got a problem. Same way with a child, you know. They'd be born, you know, eight pound, nine pound, five pound, and they may be slower. But if that child does not grow, we know that there's something physically wrong with that child. And we begin to try to think, what's the matter? What's the matter? I think we ought to do the same thing in, in our spiritual life. If I never meditate upon my spiritual life instead, and, and I know some of you don't meditate. I do. I've been practicing meditation probably the last 25 or 30 years. I believe it's good for your health. It's good for your mental. It's as good. But if you meditate upon the scriptures, they become real to you. Well, the point of it is not 
meditation. Anybody that knows me knows that I believed in meditation. But divine justice had to be satisfied, and I got, I find spiritual growth, I find wellness when I think about meditate what Jesus did for me. What he did for me. And you know what, church? He's still doing it. He's the reason. He's the reason. Thirdly, blood had to be shed. The scarlet thread of blood began in the garden after Adam and Eve tried to cover their sin with the works of their hands. You know, we tried to cover our sins. You know, how do we do that? Some Christians that I know personally, they profess to be Christians. I'm not going to, I can't judge no man. But they tried to cover their lifestyle by doing what they shouldn't do but like to do in private. Well, God said, God said in the book of Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22, notice what he, he said now. He says here, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without the shedding of blood is no remission. I mean, that verse right there, Hebrews 9.22, will teach you, if you've got an open mind, that church membership doesn't save you, baptism doesn't save you, giving up this, giving up that, don't do this, don't do that. None of that will save you. But when we are obedient to that which the Scripture says, we'll be blessed. We'll be blessed. You know, I... I thank God that all all of these years, you know, we question ourselves, why haven't I grown more? Why am I this or why am I that? But a person that questions themselves, like I used the illustration of the lady down in Lawrenceburg when I was there, every time we had a baptism, she, I mean a revival, she got saved. You know, of course she didn't get saved every time, but in her mind that she... She did. And it was a routine because uh, she would come on Monday, make a profession of faith on Monday, and she may come back on Tuesday, but she's never, never did attend it, you know, Monday through Sunday. Because without admitting it, she believed that baptism was so important that she would want to be baptized as often as possible and baptism is important and if you're saved you ought to be baptized but you can't just let somebody take you out in a swimming pool or in the creek and baptize you that's not baptism baptism you can only have baptism when it's under the authority and some will leave me here but, but that's fine I'm perfectly satisfied you don't have baptism unless you have Baptist baptism. Because they're the only organization 
that has the authority to administer baptism. That offends some some people, it affects them, but but you know, the holy character of God would not allow a change to his standard of justice to dismiss charges against men. Men had to be punished without death. And that's why we have some life problems that we wonder, you know, and I always tell people, you know, I tell myself, I tell my family, you know, matter of fact, I, uh, two, two of the most important people in my life are the two that lives, you know, over there on the lake with me, you know, sickness, 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 sickness. Why? Well, I'm not God. But I do believe that all saved people that have been taught needs to be in church. They're not going to hell because they don't go to church. But they ain't going to be in the bride. And I know I'm out there by myself. But I feel comfortable out there. Because unless that, who are the guests? You know, who are those people that goes in and out? And, uh, you know, people say, I don't understand that, don't agree with it. I say, that's fine. You you can be wrong. I won't disown you, you know. It's a scripture. It is scripture. You know. The blood, as we said, had to be shed. Because God said in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, without the shedding of the blood, there is no remission of sin. Nobody can be saved if the blood hadn't been uh, applied. And that's found in uh, Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22, you know. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Without the shedding blood, there is no remission of sin. If Christ had not shed his blood for us, none of us could be saved. But yet they are trying to bring God down to man's level. But I've been baptized, and, and, and I do this, and I do this, and I stop doing this, and I stop doing that. All of that is simple. I mean, you know, when I'm... When you marry a woman, you stop dating other women. When you, you know, you're a woman, you marry a man, you stop looking at other men. That's the way it is. And if you've got true love, that's the way it is. If you're saved, you want to be part of a New Testament missionary, Bible-believing, fundamental Baptist church. And all of that is unnecessary if people would be honest with themselves and say, I'm a Baptist. You cannot prove from the Bible that Jesus organized, was a part of the Baptist church. And then somebody asked me, what kind of Baptists were they? Were they Southern Baptists or Harshell Baptist or Intermediate Baptist. I said, I don't know about all the other names. 
See, those other names that add to the Baptists is like we call ourselves Baptists. We're an independent, missionary, Bible-believing, fundamental Baptist. And I get tired of sometimes saying all that. I just like to say I'm a Baptist, the same kind that Jesus was. Because I believe what this Bible said, and this Bible is the Word of God. You don't have to go to some organization or somebody that got all the degrees on the wall and say, well, you know, if anybody should know, Dr. So-and-so ought to know. I know some doctors who've got a, forget, the fourth Sin had to be forgiven. For night men can never cancel the eternal sin debt, which is why hell is eternal. As long as there's sin that is charged to your account, you're hell bound. When you die, you'll enter hell and you'll stay there eternally with one little break when you stand before the great white throne judgment and God tells you you see what you are and yes there are degrees in hell so if you want to uh, you know bring down the temperature live a good moral life but without Christ you'll still go to hell only escape the blood of Jesus Christ, you know. And we never know, see, a lady that Caitlin and I, or Caitlin got the Caitlin on mine, or mom and I, she was telling me this lady that sings with the group, you know, she sung last week, died this week. I mean, let's be honest, you know. We'll, uh, I drove back to the heart doctor tomorrow and they're going to do some new tests to see why that the upper chambers is beating faster than the lower chambers. You know, if I died tomorrow, nobody would say, well, I, I hate to see the old geezer go, but, you know, he lived a good life. And, but we don't expect people with no health problems to die. But you know what, church? They do. Now, why do they do? Because God said in Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed unto man once to die. That's not bad. But what follows? The judgment. And you'll have your life flash right before you. And you'll see why. See? God tells us. Sin had to be forgiven. Can't go to heaven unless your sin has been forgiven. You can, you can be baptized a hundred times, join every church that's along the way, and that will not, will not save you. And I hesitate to say that because people say, well, you know, baptism is not important. It is. It is. But if you don't do it right, 
You know, there's only two divine institutions, and that's the family and the church. And you know how Satan works? When I was first ordained, a little girl down at Hebron called me. She said, I'm getting married. Will you perform the wedding? I said, I'd love to. I really would. But don't get excited. I can't. Because I'm not licensed. Well, now your puppy can marry you. You know, it don't have to be anybody. But, but you know, and the blood work had to be done. See, all of those things were put in there for safety. You know. But, you know, everybody ought to be able to make their own decision. Well, you're living in a world where you can, but God doesn't change the question, and God doesn't change the answer. You need to be born again. And we who are saved ought to figure out a way where we can be an influence upon our family and friends that are lost. Say, well, I, I don't talk very good in front of people. I'm not concerned about what you talk. I'm concerned about how you live. See, we can, we can say anything. But God tells us that finite men can never cancel the eternal sin debt, which is why hell is eternal. That sin debt has got to be paid, and if it's never paid, you're going to hell because you owe. You have sinned against the Almighty God. And we've got to acknowledge that. We've got to acknowledge that Jesus Christ paid my sin debt. Redemption had to be paid. Since all men are born as slaves to sin, a ransom had to be paid to set them free from sin, bondage, and power. Just got to be done. There's no other way we can get to heaven until that sin debt is paid for. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7 says this, Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the richness of his grace. So Ephesians 1, 7 tells us how we get that. In whom we have redemption through his blood. It's not through water. It's not through living a, a good life. None of those things, and don't take me wrong, those things are important. They are evidence. They are evidence that you are saved. It's not I'm trying not to be sociable. I don't drink anymore. Why? Because God said, don't. Faithful to my wife. God said, that's the way you ought to be. But, you know, it's... uh, 
got to realize that redemption had to be paid. And unless redemption is paid, unless the sin debt is repaid, we are not, we are not going to go to heaven. That's as plain as that. That's as clear as that. Now notice in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and uh, verse 18, I believe. God says here in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 18, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from our vain conversation review, uh, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. I have a Catholic acquaintance. He's still paying Catholic church, which is not a church, to get his wife out of purgatory, which is a non-existent lie from the Pope. This is what? 2023. You would think as available as information is now that there would be nobody still paying these popes and bishops and all this other nonsense so they can stay alive and do what they do with little boys and girls. But you can't say that, you know, because that's the religious side of it, not the side I live on. Somebody heard one of my sermons and they texted me and said, you know, you can't preach the way you preach in 2023. Then I wouldn't preach at all. If you're not going to preach the whole gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, why pretend? I know most of y'all pray for me a lot to that I hope the wrong person don't hear what he says and he runs up in jail. Peter was in jail. Paul was in jail. But they didn't stop preaching the word. And I appreciate people that pray pray for me. If you don't and you're able to pray, I, I would count it a privilege that you would start praying for me today that God would give me wisdom and give me understanding, you know, knowing the day in which we live in, what we can say and what we can't say. So that's why that I, uh, you know, try to stick to the word of God because when God called me to preach, that's what he called me to do was to preach the word of the Lord. And he said in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12, He said, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Eternal salvation. I believe in eternal security of the blood-bought believer. 
I don't believe in eternal security of everybody that's baptized, everybody that's going to church, everybody that's going to a particular church. That's not what God said. He said, it wasn't by the blood or droughts or calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal salvation for, and that's the only time I like to change the scripture, for me. I don't know who makes up the us, but I know who makes up the me. And everything in this Bible, if you want to grow in grace and knowledge, you try to make it as personal as you possibly can. When we read John 3.16, For God so loved Tony that he gave his only begotten son for Tony. I mean, that's what happens when Jesus becomes a part of your life. And I know he will and has saved whoever is going to be saved. Uh, you know, he won't do anything other than what he has done. Redemption had to be paid for. Reconciliation had to be achieved. Redemption. Reconciliation. See, reconciliation was necessary because sin has separated all men from God. See, if there's personal sin in my life today, you may never know it. And you may say, Pastor, will you pray for my daughter or my son or my wife or my friend? But I can't pray. But you don't know that. See? That's why I say, if you got a, somebody you want prayer for, the best way to get an answer at Ammon Road Baptist Church is to put it in the prayer box. So when I pray, I pray for every name in that prayer box. So you name them one by one. No, I just said, Lord, you know that names are in that prayer box. So the reason that's important, you know, as I talked to Brother George, I said, we were talking about praying. I said, there's a box in the back of our sanctuary. We call it the prayer box. If you'd put Amber Rose Baptist Church's prayer box on your prayer list. I'd appreciate that. Because if we got enough churches praying for our prayer box, surely there's one or two, three, four, five, six out of all these churches that in a condition to pray. Now, you know, understand what I'm saying. I'm, I don't know who can and who can't. But I believe prayer is real, and I believe I'm here today by the grace of God and for the prayers of God's people. Prayer is important. God tells us that. He tells us that prayer is very, very important. And we need to learn, and we also need to learn that you can't, you know, uh, lose your your temper at 2 o'clock and, and pray for somebody until you ask God to forgive you. 
Resurrection had to be witnessed. I believe that the best way to believe in the resurrection is that I, if I knew Steve when he was lost and now I know him now and he's not the same person. He looks just like, got a little older, but we can tell it's, it's Steve. So before prayer can be answered, it's got to be prayed by somebody that's in the will of God. If I was sitting where you're sitting, you would have heard some big loud amen. And people say, he woke the babies up. We don't have no babies. So. That's true, see. That's true. Prayer is important, but it's just for somebody to say, to pray, you know. One more thought. Salvation had to be secure. Every believer is secure in Christ who promised an inheritance, who promised an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not go away. One last scripture. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. Now, read verse 4 and 5, and we'll have a short prayer and get ready for our worship service next. But 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, it says, To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now, notice the good part here. Who are kept by the power of God through faith, under salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. If you're marking your Bibles, there's trouble words you ought to mark, who are kept by the power of God through faith. Power of God. We're kept, we're kept by the power of God. I'm not eternally saved because of what I do. Sometimes I think things I shouldn't think. You don't know that. I don't know what you think, but God does. So I'm eternally secured because of the power of God through faith. See, I'm just, I'm just gullible enough to know that everything that Jesus says will happen, will happen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for the privilege.